Welcome back to today's episode, a podcast where we discuss the latest installments of a different series every show. Death and Other Details is a new series on Hulu starring Mandy Patinkin. It's about Detective Rufus Coatsworth and his protege Imogen, who dig for the truth on the Mediterranean ocean liner SS Veruna, where everyone is hiding something after a murder takes place. The mystery's first three episodes, or chapters, are called Rare, Sorted, and Troublesome. Each runs between 45 to 50 minutes. Rare was also directed by 500 Days of Summer and the amazing Spider-Man director Mark Webb, the series is showrun by the same duo behind ABC's Stumptown, which starred Colby Smulders as an investigator and was actually adapted from a four-volume graphic novel, which brings me to my first point, which is that this show wasn't based on anything besides Mike Weiss and Heidi Cole Ad- McAdams. Um, they wanted to take Agatha Christie and move her into the 21st century. I'm surprised that there was no prior source material because there are so many characters in this show that, that so is introduced in the first 10 minutes of it. And this- so many just in the main cast. Again, Imogen, Rufus, you have young Imogen, right? Because yes. some of this takes place in the past. The first episode shows uh, flashbacks. Sunil, uh, Teddy, Jules, Hilde. And Hilde's supposed to be a new character just starting in the third episode. And then you have so many reoccurring people. Let's streamline this thing and make sure that we don't get lost in too many misdirections and red herrings. This is a cross between Rian Johnson uh, from, you know, The Glass Ryan Onion. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. And the ocean type of films that Steven Soderbergh made. Throw in the White Lotus amount of characters. Everybody's compared it to the White Lotus. A little bit of Nine Strangers also. And strangely some Severance. I don't even really know what it is, but there's something about it that reminds me of Severance. And Bullet Train because of how many times they replay clips. Obviously that's because it's a mystery so this has a little bit more of a reason to do so. Is it and you also have like only murders in the building or did you already say that one? No, I didn't say it, but it is a little like that. I would say it's more like Now You See Me because even at the very beginning of the series, Mandy Patinkin has a very similar monologue that Jesse Eisenberg gives at the beginning of that film where he's talking about illusion and how you can really only trust yourself, which I think is the main reason this show was made because of how many times that point is reiterated. Does he do a magic trick? No, so now we see me. no, um, no. The, the thing about illusion, it reminds me a little bit of White House Plumbers or Gaslit. What was that character's name? The one who would put his hand over the flame famous guy. Uh, right. Scooter Libby, right? Yes. Yes. And he would he would have sort of a superiority complex about himself. Does Rufus come off a little too smug to be the greatest detective? Or or how, what is his... He had a great downfall. He reminded me a lot of uh, the Murder on the Orient Express, the Kenneth Branagh character, because he was the greatest detective in the world. And then something happened. I think it was alcohol or so something So it's kind like of like Sam Spade in Monster Spade, where it's like this takes place post him being the best and he's kind of being a And I think we see him at his best because, like you said, we see young Imogen, and that's because 18 years prior to when this show takes place, uh, Imogen's mom died in a, a, not a car crash, but more she started the car and it blew up. Yeah, people related it to Casino. The, <laughs> the start of Casino. Yes, and I relate it to Adrian Monk and his wife in the pilot who dies from a car bomb. And you know what's crazy about that? Mandy Patinkin. You know Mandy Patinkin yes. from Princess Bride, but you also know him from his work on Broadway. I from saw him Homeland. live. I saw him live when I was like eight or nine. Yeah, I have a ton of Mandy Patinkin facts because they're so much fun. I'll just throw one at you right now. Here's his first acting gig. You have to tell me between these four which one you think it is. Commercial, 1970. He played a greaser ghost from the 50s telling everyone 7-Up is now cooler than Cola. <laughs> In 1973, he was in a failed pilot affectionately called Disco Dads, where he played a bouncer with a pet ferret. Or 1985, he was a handyman on the series The Facts of Life. 
or last one, uh, he was in an indie horror film back in the day called Flay, where he had to protect his brother from an evil spirit. Which one of those was his actual first gig? His first gig. I'm going to go with the unaired pilot. Disco it was Dads. the 1970 Greaser Ghost. He looked like the Fonz, but this was before <laughs> Happy Days even came out. And yeah, and then he like uh, takes a comb out, spikes back his hair, and then he so walks it was off the commercial. Yes, like he was commercial. <laughs> it's a crazy commercial, and it's actually on his YouTube channel. He, during the <laughs> pandemic, I think his kid, like, started posting videos, started doing little uh, boomer humor by, like, uh, having Mandy Patinkin and his wife answer questions like, what is dabbing? And you know, people were doing crazy things during the pandemic. I watched a Martin Scorsese interview the other day where apparently he's doing TikToks with his granddaughter or something exactly. like that. He's a, he's a family guy. Um, he's also uh, been circumcised twice. Okay, that, how do you, he, did he, <laughs> if you go back to a 1990s Conan interview, he actually discusses that in detail. Okay, that, yeah, well, <laughs> going away from that, I think that the acting, that actually transitions into my first pro, the acting is great. Yes, I think the main reason you watch this show is because of Mandy Patinkin, that's probably where a lot of people yeah, want give, to see him. give me a breakdown, He's, go ahead, do Throw, throw an exposition plot dump right now. So Keith Trubitsky, he is, all we see of him in the first 15 minutes is he is a jerk, but he dies by a harpoon gun. Describe who Keith is. He he's he's someone who was invited on the boat by someone named Trip. Trip is part of a bigger family, almost reminded me of the Succession family because it's the Collier family. Yeah, and, but but isn't Keith like supposed to be a detective himself? He is like a Rufus, but he's friends with Rufus even. But he is on the well. Ship he's not for... only friends with Rufus. He actually was the assistant to Rufus when uh, he was doing the case with Imogen, and then Rufus at the very end of the first episode, he decided to ditch that case. He just wasn't able to do so it left Imogen crying but that's when Imogen remembered that Keith Trubisky yeah he was an assistant for Rufus and at the beginning of the second episode we see that it was actually Danny's idea Danny was uh Keith Trubisky's actual name uh to bring Rufus on so Keith the is Danny Keith and Danny are both dead <laughs> and and that happens in the first episode before the events is this in media res yes well no it's it's in at the beginning of the second episode a couple months before the cruise took place Place, we okay. see that uh that danny was like imogen's going to be on that ship and this was especially important because in the first episode when imogen walks up to rufus and tries to get him to remember her he just doesn't he... i just realized i didn't finish my mandy patinkin thing the reason why i was bringing up the monk thing and everything like that the car bomb so yes uh the, the thing about adrian monk's wife's death in that show was that he finds out throughout the thing this isn't spoiling too much that his wife was murdered by someone with six fingers mandy patinkin's <laughs> most Princess famous Bride. role yes is looking for the six-fingered man who killed his father <laughs> same dude i'm assuming um and now they finally get to figure it out well, because it's, he, it's strange you say this thing about same dude because they think that the person who killed keith trubisky victor samuels that was the only name that uh that kind of rufus was able to figure out 18 years ago uh -huh. might have been the 18 same years ago person. it was in the 2000s yeah i was about to say the 90s like oh back in the yeah yeah, yeah. no 2006 mm -hmm. they say that the same person that killed keith trubisky might have been the same person who uh who kind of planted the bomb inside imogen's mom so they think he's car. back 
Yes. And they, they think he's one of the people on the boat? Yeah, well, it, it, it the show gets crazy. I felt like there was too much plot crammed into the first three episodes. Right, right. But that was actually going into my cons. I want to talk about the acting first. So we have Jeer Burns, plays a different character in everything I've ever seen him in. You know him in Justified w- as Wynn Duffy, Duffy, right? Duffy was an evil villain. Angie Tribeca, he was a police chief. Breaking Bad, he was a therapist. Here he plays the Collier family. He has a mustache in most of his things, right? Does yeah. Does he have a mustache here? Yeah. And cool. then you also have Raw. Cool Coley from A Haunting of Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, The Fall House of Usher, a lot of Mike Flanagan's shows. Also Scarecrow from Harley Quinn. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's, a, he's a good actor. I think it was like four or five episodes. And then, yeah, Mandy Patinkin is great in the series as well. And as you stated, then the biggest like twist to me in this mystery show was Mark Webb directing the first episode. It was crazy to see his name pop up there. But you have the talent. The acting is good. You also have the budget and you have the cinematography. The times that they show the boat especially in the first five minutes when they give you a full interview or yeah, full overview of the boat. I assume it would be real. I feel like it was a nice drone shot and I felt like, yeah, it was, it was nicely shot as well. That's cool. Uh, Yeah. The glamour and the intrigue of the Agatha Christie novels, but in present day, that is what they're going for, but they want to throw Sam Spade in there. They want to throw mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes in there. So you have the greatest detective teamed up with Gen Z Sherlock. That wasn't Hollywood Reporter's favorite thing to see because <laughs> we've got so many detective series coming out right now with Criminal Record, Death and Other Details, True Detective, Grimsburg, Monster Spade. It seems like it's a formula that you need to get someone of like big caliber. Peter Capaldi, Criminal Record, right. Clive Owen, Monster Spade, Mandy Patinkin, Death and Other And that Details. is the reason why I think that Mandy Patinkin is the one to kill Keith Trubitsky. Yes. I think because it seems like every single film, <laughs> every single film, every single TV show always has to get the biggest name and then they just decide to make the biggest name the killer. So so 2023, I would say, is the year of the caper TV shows. You had Berlin, uh, Culprits, Kaleidoscope, Catching Lightning, and sure, you had some detective stuff. But even t- toward the end, that's when you got the Monk movie and that's when the transition happened into from g- Gentleman Thief to Gentleman Detective. So that's why we're mm. getting all those. But this year, it would be so cool if you did exactly what you're talking about and made all the gentleman detectives actually the murderers well (laughs) if it it was based on a book uh, because i thought that was based on a book just by how much information and characters they were trying to show in the first three episodes but if this is just supposed to be a miniseries and rufus coatsworth is not actually based on prior source material it maybe would make more sense that he did do the murder because again he's narrating throughout the first episode that everything is an illusion you're all like delusional and that really you can only trust yourself that's what it comes down to that's that it seems like i said before is the main point of the show okay so right. when it gets to storytelling i thought that it also kind of takes a after party uh type of thing because the perspective of characters changes depending on who's telling the story so you get the same scene shown and then it, it and yes then you see uh different characters in different places or like yes know? there are multi they keep on showing the scene specifically where imogen and anna mm-hmm. anna is imogen's best friend yes she is the person who I think is supposed to take over the Lauren CEO yep. position from the Collier Farms. They are boarding the ship and Keith Trubitsky is in the background uh, and he keeps on taking pictures and, and we keep on seeing that scene. We also see a scene where Layla, who is Anna's wife, again, part kind of part of the Collier family. Yeah, yeah. She is talking to Keith Trubitsky when he was about to go inside uh, inside his room and thinks that she that is he is stalking her. Is the last person to see him alive? 
Uh, I think so. I possibly. But yeah, last person, definitely one of the last people to talk to him because she thinks that he is stalking her for some reason. So those are the two scenes that they continually show. But uh, in the second episode is when we learn kind of everyone's different perspective and they're giving us as much clues as possible. Or or just trying to confuse you more, throwing everything at you. Yeah, because I think it would have been smarter had they just, even though one of my cons is that it's almost too much like After Party when it comes to even the score in the background or the intro. Without the humor? Yes, without the humor. Uh, Even though it seemed like it was too much like that, it would have been smarter had they done the individual route because at the end of the first episode, it's clear that Imogen and Rufus, they know each other. They're going to be working together trying to figure out who did the murder. It literally ends with Rufus saying to all of the crew members, I'm going to to take you in. Well, it could be a murder on the Orient Express type of thing. We don't know. But he says to the whole crew, he's like, okay, so we all know that there's a murderer, but I'm going to have to take you into a separate room and all uh, interview individually. So they do trust him to solve this thing. They're like, we're not going to call the cops. You're going to be the uh, knives out guy. Um, well, the guy who owns the boat, the guy who was in all of Mike Flanagan projects, uh-huh. the actor, uh, they say in the third episode, he didn't want to dock the ship. They yeah. were just like... <laughs> so he's like the Space Avenue 5 guy, the boat in the sky, uh, Josh Gad, when he was just, <laughs> just full yeah. of himself, he doesn't want to ruin the occasion. Yes. It's a murder. But, but also the, a murder um, at the end of the world, they did the same thing. Clive Owen's like, why waste this opportunity? When are we going to get this crowd back? That's we, almost the exact reasons. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, we have these brilliant minds here and we need to work out this thing. Here it's different. It's like we have this deal that we need to get done, yeah? But it could also be, yes, the Chun investment. Between the Chun and the Colliers. Yeah, yeah even though the Chun uh, by the end of the second episode are trying to pull out of the deal. But it could be a big reason as to why the owner of the ship was maybe the person to kill Keith Trubisky because why would you want to keep this thing going? Why would you want to not dock the ship? And he seems to be getting closer with Imogen because along with her, uh, they're able to get these Collier documents in the third episode and they keep going through them and they realize that the Collier family might have been funding Victor Samuel. And the third episode, troublesome, right? This is the one where the two detectives uh, have to take a step back because you have the other lady come in and kind of t- the Interpol agent uh, try to take over the investigation Hilde, from yeah. them. Now, th- why are they afraid of her? Why don't they work with her? Cause- so at the beginning of the third episode, she sees that uh, she thinks the person that smashed uh, Keith Trubisky's watch, which was Imogen, because Imogen did this in the first 10 minutes of the first episode because she was mad at the way that he was treating a clumsy waitress who was part of the crew. Uh, but Hilde... Was it an expensive watch? Yes, it was very expensive. And Hilde wow. thinks that the person that did it was the person to smash the watch. So Imogen kind of has to figure out something or try and see who killed Keith Trubisky before Hilde is able to place the blame on onto her. Hmm. And the reason that we... I don't think it's Imogen is because they explain in the first episode, when she smashed the watch, which was, I think, around 216, the blood extremities, I think that's what Rufus was saying, was only like four or five hours old which was way after she had smashed the also watch. you said the person who most likely did this murder is the person who did the original murder yes. or at least that's the way they're trying to present it and imogen having killed her mom when she was like what six eight <laughs> would have been a little surprising <laughs> yeah and and also jules so jules was someone that imogen hooked up with in the first episode it was after she was escorted away from the party after she flips out at rufus they end up hooking up 
there's a lot more sex scenes than I thought there was going to be in a show. How many like exactly this. have there been? Well, the, uh, I've just seen gifts where people are like, "Look at how much." The sex weirder, is in this the show. weirder thing is, is that it cut away when they were about to have sex in the first episode, and then I think in the third episode they cut back to it, but it was even more like gratuitous. Rosy. Yeah, there was there was actual well, that, nudity. That's a directional was, choice. So Mark Webb left after that first episode. They brought in a newbie, and he's like, hey, "Show me what you got." <laughs> I guess what I mean to say is that there's a lot more kind of because uh for example uh Catherine Catherine Collier is having a affair with the father the priest the that priest was there. yeah and so I feel like it, maybe not as much sex in the show but more sex related storylines than you would think what character would do you want to know more about if as someone who hasn't figured out exactly who did it because you hmm. don't actually think Rufus did it right yeah I would want to maybe figure out about Layla because at the end of the third episode Layla she's going into secret passageways and we realize that Jules is an alias so I think that they're working together so that's really the big question as to what does Layla know and what possibly could she have what is to her do? connection to everybody else right how does she know about secret passageways going on why is she taking the night the knives and everything again she is she is uh the person who is married to Anna the Collier family okay so Anna's still the best friend of uh, our main character Imogen. Imogen the cool thing about the Imogen name is I looked it up and apparently Patinkin's breakthrough which happened in the New York stage 1975 in Trelawney of the Wells that's the name of the play he started alongside Meryl Streep who played Imogen Parrot and uh, John Lithgow who played Ferdinand Gad but <laughs> but but the Imogen thing it's like that's not a name that you really hear nowadays so I think that that was kind of cool that they brought not only the style into the modern era but also those kind of like old-timey and I hear uh, Mandy Patinkin's got the same um, negative response by the critics uh, that Monsoor Spade got, Clive Owen got, for his accent. For his accent. A I lot of people didn't, like everywhere, even the good reviews, which there, there's a good number of them, it's just kind of healthily mixed. Uh, we're talking about how they don't exactly know what he was going for, which was funny because the showrunner said when they first brought in Mandy Patinkin, who they were very happy to have, he came in there saying, hey, check out my Brighton accent. I want to try it for this part. <laughs> I'm sure if I were to watch the show now, I would not be able to. Uh, I would probably get annoyed with it as well. But when I was watching it, I wasn't really paying attention to it. I feel like as the show creators who were huge fans of Mandy Patinkin, but also really wanted him to be in the part, like they were hamstrung because they were like, yeah, Mandy, that's great. I haven't heard the voice. It might be really good and people are just insane, but like I hear he goes in and out of it sort of too Well, much. I think that the show also, it, it has a problem with just being too overwhelming. And after a certain while, my attention does start to uh, kind of waver because the mystery gets a little boring. There's so many too stories. Too much of a soap opera. Yes, yes, very much so. so soap opera storylines. But even in the second episode, when we're learning all this new stuff about who possibly could have done the murder and we get all these different, at least 10, 10 different people are talking about certain things that are happening, where they were during the time of the murder taking place. It just seemed like, at least from the first 10 minutes when they were introducing all the new characters, it didn't seem like I was actually going to have to keep track of all of them and realize like what their alibis were. What would happen if, at the end of this whole thing, the boat just sank? 
That wouldn't give any. That wouldn't give a resolution. Give any, any answer to that? What if anything? it somehow did resolve everything as the boat was sinking? And like, I don't know. That just seems like it would be a cool thing to see in your head. Sort of like a Titanic ending. But it wouldn't give any actual answers. I'm not saying that it just sinks right now. I'm saying by the end of the series, that's just how it completes itself. Um, what, what else do I have to ask? Why do they always have the greatest detective in the world on the place? Yes, where it's not always just like, oh, the one a, a really good detective. It has to be the greatest mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, and why are they always teamed up with the girl sidekick? Because all those shows that we just talked about earlier, Criminal Record, he's teamed up with a younger, like someone in their 30s who's just coming to learn uh, the ropes um, or, 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 you know, like... Yeah. Uh, I think it's a DS. Um, I, I, I keep on forgetting the British terminology for detectives there. Detective Sergeant, maybe? Monster Spade also Monster has. Spade had like a 15-year-old or 16-year-old kid who was playing his like second. In- I'm not sure if she was a, if she's actually the one who's helping him with the murder, but definitely there was that dynamic there. There was that team-up, yeah. And then True Detective, even. I know Jodie Foster is playing the main uh, detective, but then she's teamed up with a world wrestler. World. <laughs> Wait, what? Like the person who plays... Because we haven't done the show, but um, I think she's a professional wrestler, and she's also in her 30s. For season five? Yes. Um, I think Grimsburg is the only one that doesn't have it. But maybe Grimsburg is animated, right? Yeah. So that doesn't even count, does it? Yeah. All right. Uh, Collider says it lacks creativity. Time, IndieWire, Decider didn't give it good reviews, but Paste, AV Club, Slant gave it positive reviews. It has a 7 on IMDb. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. You're going to give it a 7 as well. 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, critic score 80%, audience 60 on Metacritic. It, was, so, it, got, it got worse reviews than I thought it was going to. It had a healthy mix, and I think mostly it's because of just everything that's coming out at the same time. Really not the month that you want to do it, because if you you look at like the top shows for this that people are streaming right now it's has been hotel and it's uh true detective and so this yeah. kind of got pushed to i think the back of of a lot of people's minds there's not even really a discussion thread on reddit which is the main thing that you usually see with these detective shows because you got all these amateur sleuths going well, at it the and trying reason, to figure it out the reason why i thought that maybe people would uh click on it is because it's one of those shows that maybe you didn't hear a lot about but when you go on to hulu you see mandy patinkin on the poster and you just automatically right. click it because of star power no and i did consider watching it just because mandy patinkin is in it he's he's such an interesting dude like a, i didn't learn as much about him until i saw the finding your roots section mm-hmm. about his thing where he learned that he actually had family in the holocaust and oh. you saw him like break down over that but he has the most interesting career i like, feel like for, you can't yeah. get a bad performance from him i don't think i've ever seen mandy patinkin in anything ever and been like oh he was the worst part of that yeah, it, it, it's kind of the same way with Steve Martin. The funny thing is that Steve Martin's actually going to retire after Only Murders in the Building is completed. Really? Yes, that's going to be his last project. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he said that last year. Um, anything else that you want to say about that? I feel like there's just, you could go on and on and on about there's, any there's, one of these there's characters. There's so yeah. many different characters and there's there's so much different plot. Teddy uh, is supposed to be like the ship. You haven't talked about the ship people, the downstairs people, the, the ones who are yeah, Teddy, working every Teddy is the one who I think is, uh, I think she's sisters with Winnie the clumsy waitress yes. she is the one who in the first episode did not want people to know about the murder uh, and it, it's only revealed at the very end that everyone figured out why the murder did you recognize her though on. no it was she, she. <laughs> she was in promising young woman but she only was there for like two seconds I wonder if I she was the cop at the very end 
I'm not going to oh, say anything okay. more than that. Well, what about Imogen? Was Imogen, Imogen of course, was from she was from The Leftovers, uh, mm-hmm. Margaret Qualley's show, who for some reason just keeps on popping up in everything that I'm reading. The Flash, Truth or Dare, God Friended Me, she was a main in that as well. Jules, she's going to be in a movie with Margaret Qualley called The Substance. It's coming out really soon. Hilde Erickson, it was kind of interesting because she came from Only Murders in the Building. She seemed, yeah, she seemed recognizable at the end of the second episode. It's like detective to detective. And then Anna's character was on The Good Fight recently. So was Mandy Patinkin. So that's where they were were together. Hmm. Yeah. You have Lawrence, right? Lawrence Collier. Yeah, Lawrence Collier. He is actually the distant cousin to Ulysses S. Grant. Again, he would... Wait, what? Yep. That's his main... But no, that's not his main claim to fame. It's unfair. <laughs> but like, that is the I, most I, interesting fact that I found about he's him. He's supposed to be uh, not as much a dick as Logan Roy, but again, he's the CEO of the Collier family. Yeah. How about Yeva? The, it's, like a, it's a girl. She's like probably pretty young in the show. She's from Paper Girl. She was one of the main ones there. I don't even think. Oh, I think that that was just Imogen Younger. It's that makes more. No, sense. no, no. It's not Imogen Younger. Imogen Younger was in a movie called Scaredy Cats and The Babysitters Club. I think there was multiple actors that played Imogen Younger though, didn't they? But this is, says Yeva, so maybe maybe she, she hasn't, hasn't been introduced yet. yet. But yeah. that's weird. Why would they put that in the cat? Hmm. Okay. And then there's Ele- Eleanor Chun. Right. Yes, Eleanor Chun, part of the Chun family. She only has one name. Like, in real life, she goes by Caroline, and that's it. And that's it? <laughs> yes, Caroline with a K. In in the show, the Chun family, again, she, they want to pull out the investment from Collier Farms once they figure, they figure out that Collier Farms was using illegal chemicals to make their things. I do believe that there is a possibility that Keith could just not be dead, and that this is all staged so that they can figure out what the previous murder would have been about. You would think that Rufus, who, and it seemed like that was the way that the show was going you think that rufus if his assistant of 20 years died and i did find it funny how uh how danny was supposed to be really nice as we see him in the second episode and really care about imogen and that's the reason why rufus decided to go on the ship Mm -hmm. ended up uh, playing this dick character in the first episode so did he assume that identity or was the nice guy the assumed no no no. i think that he assumed the identity of keith of an asshole and And, then he got murdered for it that's pretty funny yeah and i think but i think that that you rufus would probably be a lot more torn up if his assistant at 20 years died than he ended up being did you see like the, his body yes yeah, yes he's harpooned so out of ways to go out is that kind of a fun one no no, no. okay <laughs> out of all the murders that we've watched i feel like there's got to be some that are more easy to like put yourself in that position <laughs> than others and uh being harpooned to death yeah that'd be kind of an interesting way to be found though yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens was one of the crew members comes into the room and starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It kind of reminds me of um, the Watchful Eye that show on the CW that we did last <laughs> year because you had the weird murder, strange clues where like the suicide note goes missing. I think Keith's like diary goes missing or something, and then like people hyper focusing on stuff. People it, like you didn't even talk really much about the justified guy, how he gets tied up, right? Like. Yeah. Well, that was actually really randomly played. I think it was at the end of the second episode. All we get is like three seconds of him. He's he's tied up with I think his tie and he's also gagged. But you don't we think don't... that that's like a weird sex thing? Like because you said there was a lot of sex. In it the show could later. it could be that. And <laughs> the no, show no. is is definitely not afraid. Misdirection to, again. The illusion. Mm-hmm. There's there's nice parts where you see stuff like the sky and the blue sky and clouds, and then it turn, ends up being a curtain. Even when uh, the younger Imogen is talking to uh, Rufus, she you see her talking about the rain 
Rain because she's having to remember the night that her mom died. And you see rain start to happen in the room before it transitions to the outside. So there's nice stylistic choices, I thought, as well. All right, last question. Are you tired out yet of the detective shows, or do you think that they should keep on coming? No, I think that they can stop after this. They can stop? <laughs> <laughs> no more detective shows. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.